Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Welcome to Calvary Church Online. We are so glad that you're with us today. We're glad that you are tuning in and connecting wherever you are watching from. Do let us know. Come on, we got some of our staff, some of our team leads in here. This is awesome. We finally uh, started to see a little bit of an audience. We were preaching to a camera alone for a long time, uh, but now it's awesome that we get to uh, begin to join slowly through phases with some family, and hopefully soon we will all be gathering together. Come on, we've had church on the lawn already a couple of times, and that's been amazing. Uh, We're also trying to follow all of the uh, city officials' instructions and all that. We're trying to be very, very careful. We're praying that all of you guys are extremely safe. I know some of you want to already begin to join. We're going to call some of you to join some of this audience. Uh, In the meantime, let's stay safe. But soon and very soon, we will begin to gather once again. And so uh, keep an ear open because we can't wait. Come on, homecoming is going to happen. Come on. We're coming home to have church again very, very soon. And so I'm excited about that. Today, I got a message on my heart. We've been on this theme of Stronger Together for the last couple of weeks. It's kind of like our motto for the summer. We actually started the year with the theme uh, Restart, Reset, right? Which, by the way, how many know our lives had been reset? Come on, completely. Our lives were reset. It's how we started. Then we went into Nothing is Impossible. And through the summer, we're talking about Stronger Together. Somebody say Stronger Together. Come on. Stronger Together. Look at the person next to you and tell them we're Stronger Together. And so that's our motto for the summer, stronger together. And um, with that uh, being said, I've I've had this message, this theme, this idea in my heart, and I want to communicate it to all of us today, and hopefully it'll help us to see Jesus better and what he has for each and every single one of us. So I want you to go to your Bibles, go to the book of John, go to John chapter 15. Come on, in the chat, tell us where you're watching from, where in the city are you watching from, or where in the world are you watching from? I know we've had people from all over the world. Let us know where you're watching from. We love being in the chats, and some of our pastors, our team leads are there, and we would love to connect with you. If this is your first time watching and being with us, let us know. We would love to see how we can pray for you and come alongside of you. John chapter 15, John chapter 15. Once you're there, let somebody know I'm there. Come on, in the chats. John chapter 15. This is awesome. I love having an audience again. By the way, I think Phil preached a phenomenal message last week. Absolutely brilliant. Go back to our YouTube page and watch it. Uh, But John chapter 15, we're going to read the first couple of verses there. Um, This is Jesus. He's walking and talking with his disciples. And in John chapter 15, uh, right there, beginning in verse 1, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful come on more fruitful you are already clean because of the word i have spoken to you remain in me i also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, last one we'll read. I am the vine, and you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. nothing. Out of uh, John chapter 15, I want to share this message with you. I've titled it Workers in the Garden. Workers in the Garden. Come on, somebody say, we're workers in the garden. And uh, I want to just communicate that. And I think it's going to help all of us, no matter where you're watching from. I'm glad that you're watching, leaning in. And my prayer is that you would stay tuned throughout the whole thing. I'm going to try to be quick, I'll preach for the next maybe about 20, 25 minutes. Then we'll pray and believe that we'll have the best week ever. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your love and your mercy. Thank you for each and every person in this place and God in every home that's connected, watch parties that are happening, every connect group that's gathering right now, uh, having watch parties with them. God, and soon we believe we'll all be together again. God, we pray that you help us to see you, Jesus. Help us to understand what you're trying to do on earth through us and in us. God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Amen. All of God's people say. Amen. Come on, can we give God a big praise one more time? Come on. So if you've been connected for about the past 15 weeks, if you've been watching some of our services or Flourish, um, you probably have heard that Diana is now into planting and gardening. She got into it. Uh, if you would have told me this a couple of years ago, I would have thought it was unbelievable because uh, she couldn't even take care of one plant. It was just not in our DNA. We, we Me or her didn't like it. Um, we would kill any plant that was under our care. But something about quarantine... <laughs> Something about quarantine has made us want to get into planting. Well, Diana, right at the beginning of quarantine, bought some plants and started putting them outside in our backyard, and they have flourished. Come on. They have flourished, and they're doing absolutely amazing. The house is looking incredible. And so sub subsequently, because I'm married to her, marriage life, partner life, uh, I'm into planting now as well. I got into planting and into gardening. I know about bromeliads. I know about, uh, you know, potting. I know about all these kinds of things. Like, I'm actually into it. I'm like, who am I? What am I even saying? But I enjoy it. And what I've come to find out, it's that it's very complicated. It, it, it looks easy but it's complicated and it takes a lot of work you need the water and you also need the right amount of sun you also need the right amount of soil and you also need the right pot um, vase you also need everything needs to work it's very intricate and it's very intertwined right like it all needs to work together and once it all works together then you'll see it begin to flourish it all needs to be Connected. Somebody say connected. connected. Much like a garden that works better together, I would say so our lives are also better together. Yeah. Connection is absolutely important. We need one another. We need each other, right? Our connection is important. Who are you connected to? What are you connected to? Right. If you want your life to flourish, if you want your soul to flourish, all of us in order to be healthy and strong, in order to have a right soul and a right spirit, we need connection. Somebody say connection. connection. We need to be connected. Connection is absolutely vital. Are you connected? We're living in a world that promotes isolation. We're living in a world that promotes this division. Right. Uh, be by yourself. Worry about you, boo boo. Do you don't worry about nobody else. We live in a world of self-centeredness. Right. That's all about you. Work for you. Buy for you. Do for you. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry. Right? Do you. 
But here's the big problem. I really believe that dismissing connection develops isolation. When we're dismissive about connection, like, ah, I don't need to connect to my connect group. I don't need to get on this Zoom call. I don't need to be watching service today. I don't need to give accounts to anybody. I shouldn't be in relationship with nobody other than my family. I really believe it promotes isolation. Isolation is destructive. Being alone, not talking to anybody, not giving accounts to anybody, it really brings destruction to our life. And so we have to be careful that we're not dismissive about connection. Are you connected? Are you talking to somebody? Right? I really believe that God, what he wants is a thriving family, a relationship that we know one another. We know God. We walk with God. We talk with God. We all know one another. We're helping each other grow and flourish together. Who are you connected to? And so I really believe this is that attachment, attachment determines advancement. Attachment develops I mean, attachment determines advancement, right? Who are you attached to? I I heard this one saying that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? What are you attached to? Whatever you are attached to will determine how much you advance. What are you attaching yourself to? Who are you attached to? What are you attached to? We need to be stronger together. And I believe that it doesn't matter if we're not physically together. God still wants you to connect it to somebody, to a leader, to a pastor, to a friend, to somebody to pray for you, somebody to guard you, somebody to take care of you. Come on, who's watching over your life? Come on, anybody grateful for good friends? Anybody grateful for good leaders? Anybody grateful for good pastors? Come on, we all need each other. We're stronger together. Stronger together. I want to move quickly. Jesus in John chapter 15 gives us an incredible, incredible revelation. Jesus has just been hanging out with the disciples in this room that we know now as the upper room. And John chapters 13 and 14 is the whole discourse that he gives up there is absolutely brilliant. He finishes having communion in the upper room and he's on his way to a garden of Gethsemane. On the way to the garden of Gethsemane, which is the Mount of Olives, he's walking through Jerusalem at night. Remember, he's about to be arrested to go and be crucified. He's walking with his disciples. Now, as he's walking from the upper room to the Mount of Olives, he has to cross through what's known as the temple. On the temple were these columns that had gold vines around them. Right across the temple were the vineyards of Jerusalem. As he's standing in the middle of the vineyards and the gold vines, he turns around and he tells the disciples, I am the true vine. He's giving them a a picture. He wants them to understand something. I am the true vine. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Jesus is trying to tell them something. I want to tell you today, God is into gardens. Not only are me and Diana into gardens, God is into gardens. God loves gardens because the garden represents relationship, community, and connection with humanity. It's in the garden where God comes to dwell with humanity. It's in the garden where he walks with humanity, makes himself known to humanity. It's there where he can walk with us and talk with us, develop us and come and tell us revelations and secrets. God is into gardens. Go back all the way to the beginning. In the book of Revelation, there's the garden of Eden. It's the Garden of Eden where he walked with Adam and he talked with Eve. It's here where it says that they used to walk with God in the cool of the day. It was in the garden. The garden represents intimate relationship with God. 
Obviously, Adam and Eve messed up. They ate an apple pie. And then now we know that the fall happened. And now all of a sudden, the Bible says all throughout the Old Testament, God relates to his people, Israel, as a garden, as a vineyard. The people of God are known as a vineyard, as a garden, right? Isaiah chapter 5, in Isaiah chapter 5, it gives this picture of the people of God as a vineyard. It says he, he brought them out of Egypt. He took this vine out of Egypt and he planted them in the middle of this transient place so that everybody that would have to go through this place called now Israel, they would meet the people of God that had a special relationship with God. And they were the ones to show the world that if you have a relationship with God, your soul would thrive, your spirit would thrive, life would be alive, right? They were to be the picture. If you can take a look at this garden called Israel, you would see what life with God would be like. Amen. But the Bible says in Psalm 80 that when God came to look at the vineyard or the garden, instead of finding good grapes, he found bad fruit. That, that's kind of harsh. Like instead of finding, you, you, like imagine you, you want to go and you want to pick out some grapes and all you see is bitter grapes, sour grapes. He was supposed to find righteousness he was supposed to find generosity. He was supposed to find love, mercy, and grace. He was supposed to find a picture, a reflection of what the gardener looks like. Instead, he found depression. Instead, he found false worship. Instead, he found people that would turn from him and turn to false God and turn to things of this world. And he says in Psalm chapter 80, he found bad fruit. I wonder if God is looking at our life, looking for good fruit, and all he finds is bad grapes. I wonder if God is looking at our life, looking at my life and looking at your life and saying, I want fruit from your life. I, I want you to be part of this garden. Here I am looking into your life. But instead of finding good grapes, I keep finding bad fruit. Are we developing good fruit or are we selfish, self-centered, stingy, not being generous in our encouragement, in our prayer, in our help toward one another. What is God looking for? He's looking for fruits of the spirit. He's looking for gentleness. He's looking for love. He's looking for patience. Come on. He's looking for long suffering. What is God finding in your garden? Come on. What is God finding in the garden of your life? Have you allowed the things of this world to come into your life and take you off proper worship? It's disconnected you from God, disconnected you from one another because this world is all about me. Nobody came. Hey, nobody cares about me. You, you've heard the saying, I came in this world alone, I'll leave alone. <laughs> and you've allowed that kind of mentality to disconnect you from the people that we need. Yeah. You've allowed that to keep you away from God, to keep you away from church, to keep you away from community. Well, right now we're not meeting physically, so I'm not going to connect. Be careful because this world promotes isolation. Yeah. And it's only in community and in connection with Jesus and with one another that good fruit is developed. Is this helping somebody? Yeah. I, I hope I'm making sense, right? And so God is looking into our life and he's looking. And can I tell you, the only way that good fruit will happen in our life is when we're connected with Jesus. Amen. He says, I am the true vine. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. When you are connected to Jesus, oh, he'll work out those things in your life that you know are not right. He'll come and he'll speak to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he'll say, hey, work on that attitude. Hey, work on that patience. Hey, work on that long suffering. Hey, work on that joy. Hey, work on that thing. Come on. Anybody glad that Jesus comes to develop good fruit on the inside of us? Come on. Somebody say good fruit. He says you'll be able to bear much fruit, not just fruit, but much fruit. Sometimes I've wondered, God, is all in my life, is it just fruit? Because you want much fruit. Some of us are in the fruitful part, but I want to tell you, he wants to bring out much fruit. There's a difference between the two. 
Some of us have been producing fruit, but I wonder if there's more fruit that can come out. And it only happens when we're, we're in a relationship with Jesus. Connected to the vine. He says, I am the vine. Abide in me. You are the branches. Abide in me, and I'll abide in you. We're together. We're stronger together. Connection to Jesus. Can I tell you, God did not design the church for us just to have lights, for us just to have haze, for us just to have services. This is not entertainment. What he wants is a community, a family to work with one another, worship together, grow together, develop together, mature together. That's what life with God is all about. Is there much fruit coming out from our life? Are we connected to Jesus? Amen. So I want to tell you three things today before we wrap up. God is building a family. God is building a family. And it's in this family where God wants to reside, where God wants to live. The same way he did in Eden, the same way he did with the people of God in the Old Testament. There's a new family being born. There's a new family being formed. And it's in that family where God lives. And the third thing is that he wants everybody to be part of that family. God is building a family. God lives in this family. And God wants everybody to be a part of this family. What does this mean? God, God is doing something on the earth. He went from the Garden of Eden, having a relationship with Adam and Eve, to the Old Testament, showing the world through Israel what a relationship with God looks like. That was the vineyard. And now there's a new vineyard called the Church of Jesus Christ. And it's in this vineyard where we can show the world what life with Jesus is like. He's building this vineyard. He's building this garden. He's building this family. And it's in this family where he lives. No longer is it in temples. Now you and I are the temple where he lives. And then number three, he wants everybody to be part of this vineyard, everybody to be part of this family. What does that mean for you and I? Right? I don't want to take too much time today. What does that mean for us? Well, I'll say number one, the first thing that that means is that each of us have a role. Somebody say role. role. Come on. We all have a part to play. All of us have a role. We all have a gift. We all have a calling. We all have a purpose. Maybe you're watching today and you're sitting there in your living room, in your bedroom, in your office, in your car, and you're thinking, well, I, what, what do I play? Can I tell you, we all have a part to play in God's story. You are called with a purpose. God designed you with a gift, with a calling. You're not just here to take up space. You have a responsibility, a role to play before God. He created you on purpose for a purpose. We all have a calling. We all have a part to play in this vineyard. Are you doing your part in God's vineyard? Are you doing your part in the garden of God? God is building a family. Come on, how beautiful is that? God is building a family. A couple of weeks ago, we had our first church on the lawn service, and it was absolutely amazing. It's been three months without seeing anybody physically and all of us gathering together. And I remember for a moment, I just turned around and I looked at everybody on the lawn, and I'm like, this is the family of God. He's building a family, but we have a role to play. Each and every single one of us, right? Whether we're a ligament, whether we're a finger, whether we're one of the toes, whether we're one of the shoulders, we all have a part to play as he's building up the body of Jesus Christ. We're all, we all have a part to play. What is your role in the building that God is forming? We all have a role. Look what the Bible says in the book of Romans, Romans chapter uh, 12 verses 4 through 8 Paul is writing and look what Paul tells the Roman church for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function so in Christ we though many form one body Amen. 
and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Paul says, all of us have a part to play. And when we all play our part, the garden is forming. And the building, the family keeps growing. Uh, during quarantine, not, not, not only have we gotten into gardening, we've also gotten into cooking. <laughs> you know, before fast-paced life, we didn't have a lot of time. I think that's one of the blessings that's happened in quarantine. Life has kind of slowed down for all of us, and I hope we see the, the silver lining and all that's been going on. But we've gotten into cooking, and so uh, last week, about a week and a half ago, we decided to make some pasta. Dan is like, hey, I learned how to make pasta. Let's make pasta. And I'm like, let's go. You know me. I'm half Italian, sagari. I'm, I'm going to get into pasta, right? <laughs> and so, so Dan had all these ingredients out on the table, and I'm like, I don't know. It took all of this to make pasta. We got the flour. We got the olive oil. You got the eggs. You got, I mean, every kind of ingredient you could imagine. And we all just begin to mix it together to form pasta. First, you got to form the dough, right? And if you form this big, massive dough and you're there kneading it. And then it's like, you got a lot of muscles. Can you do it? I'm like, I got it, girl. And then I just get in there. I start kneading the dough. And <laughs> that was so corny. Uh, I start kneading the dough. And after that, then you got to pass it through the pasta, pasta cutter or maker or whatever it is, the machine. And it cuts it in shreds. It's absolutely amazing. And after that, then you got to boil it and you put it, you know, obviously in the, what's it called? The, a pot. There you go. Put it in the pot. Olive oil and all that. And you cook the pasta. Then you put it on the plate. You need the sauce. And then you bring the chicken that, of course, has been breaded with eggs. And it's just absolutely amazing. And at the end, you see this big, beautiful plate, but you didn't know that every part needed to play its part to form this incredible plate. That's right. I just used pasta in an example for the Bible, <laughs> right? Every ingredient plays a role. Can I tell you, your life and my life, we play a role in the garden that God is forming on earth. You're vital to the garden. Your life is necessary. Don't be disconnected. Come on, get connected. We are stronger together. Come on. We're stronger together. Number one, you have a role. Number two, it's all about relationship in the garden. And I would say the most important relationship is the relationship with God. Do you have a relationship with God? Do you know him? He wants to walk with us, talk with us. If you're part of the family of God, he wants a relationship with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. In the Garden of Eden, it was Adam and Eve. In the Old Testament, it was the people of God. And the New Testament is all of us. And this is where God comes to live. In the garden, God comes to live with us. Look what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 22. It says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Yeah. But we're fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Come on, he's building a family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together. Amen. Come on, we're being built together. We're not being built separately. We're being built together. In him, you and I are being formed, developed, matured, built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Woo! Amen. 
He is forming us, shaping us, developing us so that when we all come together, this is where God resides. This is where God makes his home. This is where God invades earth. When we all come together, mature together, being developed in our faith, this is where God lives in relationship. You want to see God on earth? Look at his church. And I hope that the world is not looking at the church and seeing a church that's divided over politics, over agendas, over races, over whatever, but that they see a church united where God lives, full of God's spirit, where we speak love, act in love, act generous. Come on, this is the church of Jesus Christ. Not divided, but united. And it's there where he resides. He wants to live in me, and he wants to live in you. I can't do it without you, and you can't do it without me. It's together that he lives with us. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I need you. I need you. You may not like me, but I need you. <laughs> and you need me. And together is where the Spirit of God resides. The Garden of God is all about a role that we all play. It's all about relationships. And number three, I'll finish with this. It's all about our responsibility. We have a responsibility in the vineyard of God. Growing up, it was, I heard it as, en la viña del Señor. <laughs> it's God's vineyard. It's God's garden. God is into gardening. And he's building a family. We have a role to play. It's built out of relationships. But there's also a responsibility to invite others in. Yeah. To tell the world, hey, God doesn't just want to build one family. It's one family where everybody's invited. Yeah. It's not exclusive. It's inclusive. Yeah. Doesn't matter where so you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how many mistakes or flaws there might be in your life. You're invited into this yeah. family. You're invited into this vineyard of God. Come. Come. We have a responsibility. Yeah. We are workers in the garden. Yeah, right. are, you, are you playing your role in the garden? There's a gift inside of your life. There's, there's a purpose. Are you carrying out that role? Are you in relationship with the God who wants to live in you? And do you understand the responsibility? Jesus is talking with his disciples one time. And, and he looks out at the people that are lost without a shepherd. And look what he says in the book of Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Compassion was a word used to describe a deep movement deep inside your gut, basically. It's not just having pity. It's not just feeling sorry. It's having this feeling that I have to do something about this. Right. Jesus had a compassion so much so that he went up on the cross for you and for me. And then it says, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Yep. We're workers in the garden. Do we have compassion? When we turn on the TV and we watch the news, when we see everything that's going on around the world, do we realize we have a responsibility by God yep. to speak out, to act out, to love, to do right, to carry out justice, mercy, grace, compassion, to love our neighbors? That if somebody's without food, hey, I'll take whatever I have and I'll share it with you. Yeah. 
We're workers in the garden together. When somebody's lost, being harassed or helpless, guess what? There's a good shepherd. He has a family. He has a garden. And he wants you to be part of this vineyard. And together, we're going to take care of one another. We are workers in the garden of God, being matured, developed. And together, we're stronger. And together, we're going to see him shine in our life. You and I have a responsibility before God. I know we're in the middle of this pandemic. I know we haven't met or seen each other in 15, 16 weeks. Don't get disconnected because we need each other. Don't get disconnected because you have a role. There's relationship and there's a responsibility over our lives. Are you walking in your calling and your purpose? Jesus in Matthew chapter 21, I'll finish with this. and I think I've said that twice. Um, in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus is giving this example. This parable is called the parable of the tenants. In Matthew chapter 21, he says that there was this owner that had a vineyard. And the owner leaves some people to manage the vineyard. And he goes and he walks away. He goes to another part of the country. And he leaves these people to manage the vineyard. When he knows it's time for fruit, he sends his servants to go check on the fruit and to go collect the fruit. When the servants go, they get beat up by the managers. One of them gets killed. He sends some more servants and they get beat up and killed. And he says, well, they don't respect the servants. I'm going to send my son. And so the owner sends his son. It says that when they see the son coming, they're like, oh, this is the one that's heir to the throne. They, this is the son. Oh, they kill him too. They take him out of the vineyard and they kill him. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what, what do you think the owner's going to do? And it says that they knew that Jesus was talking about them. And it says, well, he's going to take away the vineyard from them and give it to some other people that would manage it well. Can I tell you, that's, that's the garden of God. It was ran only by some, but now the Bible says in the book of Romans, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, and all of us together in him are one. And we are in charge of the garden of God. And he's soon going to come look for fruit. He's looking for love. He's looking for gentleness. He's looking for patience. He's looking for grace. He's looking for compassion. He's looking to see if we're taking care of one another and inviting many into the garden. There's a beautiful garden that God is building. We're workers in this garden. We have a role, there's a relationship, and there's a responsibility for you and I. Are you tending to God's garden? It's looking for fruit. Maybe you're watching this and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I feel so far from God. I don't even know what you're talking about. You're talking about gardening and you're talking about pasta. I'm confused. <laughs> it's okay. If there's only one thing I want you to remember is that God loves you so, so much. He has a family and he wants you to be part of this family. In fact, I believe it's not a coincidence that you're watching this today. If you're watching this and you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. I'm far from God. I've made so many mistakes. I've done stuff that nobody knows about. It's okay. God knows and he loves you still. He loves you so, so much. In fact, he loved you so much that he said there's one and only son, Jesus. I've sinned. You've sinned. We've all sinned. The Bible says that no one is perfect. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. Our sin separates us from God, but God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came, he grabbed my sin, your sin, went up on a cross, and he died for the sins of humanity. He died for each and every single one of us, for all that we've done, for all of our sin, for all of our shame, all of our guilt. Jesus died on this cross. He went down to a grave. He was in a grave for three days. And after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. He's alive. And today he wants to give you a brand new life, a brand new opportunity. Today, if you're, if, you're, if you're making this decision, if you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God, I want you to let us know. In fact, if you're making this decision, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to let us know in the chat when I count to three. Hey, today I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. If today you're watching and you say, Alex, I need a brand new beginning. 
I need a brand new start. I'm tired of living life my own way. I'm tired of being isolated on my own. I need connection. I need connection with God. I need connection with God's people. It's not perfect, but it's helpful. If today you're watching, you say, Alex, I need a brand new beginning. If that's you, let us know. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. Let us know there in the chat. I'm making this decision today. Hey, I, I need a relationship with God today. Let us know right now. I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want all of us to say this prayer. Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our head. If you can, wherever you're at, then do that. If not, that's okay. Just say this prayer out loud. I want you to repeat after me. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Come on, that's a promise. There's a new beginning and a new life for you. Let us know right now. Come on, I want you to repeat this prayer with me, with all you got. Come on, let's all say it together. Say, Father, Father thank you, thank you for, today. for today. Thank you thank for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's give him a big, big hand. Come on. All of you that made that decision today, we love you so much, and we want to come alongside of you. If you made that decision today, let us know there in the chat. Also, send us a text. Send the word decided to 33222. We want to send you a Bible absolutely free to help you. The rest of us, let's pray really quick. I really feel this in my heart. I really, I don't know why I couldn't shake this off. I actually was going to go with another message, and, and I really felt this in my heart to pass about four or five days, and I said, i, I got to bring a, this message. I really believe that God wants us to be workers in the garden. And I really feel that during this time, it's so easy to get disconnected. Get disconnected from friends, get disconnected from church, get disconnected from God. And he's calling you back into the garden. And he's saying, hey, hey, I'm building a family. Do you know your role? Do you know the relationship that he wants? Do you know we all have a responsibility? Let's pray for more workers in the garden. Come on, with our eyes closed and our head bowed, wherever you're at. If you can, come on, let's pray for, for God's kingdom. If you can help me pray. Pray that we would all understand our gifts, our callings, our role. That we would all understand the relationship that he desires with each and every single one of us. The relationship that he desires for us to have with each other. And then the responsibility of those that are lost without him. Father, today we pray. God, that you would help us understand that we are workers in your garden. We're part of your vineyard, God. Thank you that you've allowed us to be part of this beautiful, growing, thriving family called the Church of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for grace. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that we're invited in, God. We shouldn't be in this family, God. Some of us have done stuff that nobody knows about. We've done wrong, said wrong. But you invited us in. By your grace, we are in. Thank you that we're together in this, God. Thank you that in this family, God, we can realize that we're not perfect, but that we need each other. And that we're all on a journey being worked on by your Holy Spirit as you sanctify us and work in us each and every single day to look more like you, to talk more like you, so that good fruit can come out of our life. God, I pray right now for each and every person that they would understand the role that they have in your garden. God, there's people watching right now with, with a gift over their life. There's people watching right now with a purpose that they haven't discovered yet. There's people watching right now with callings over their life that they've sat on them and they haven't moved. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would awaken people right now to the role that you have over their life in your kingdom, in your garden. 
God, I pray that you would awaken spirits, awaken hearts for all of us to step out in what you've called us to do. God, that we wouldn't be a church that's still, that we wouldn't be a church that's passive, but we would be an active church walking in our callings and our giftings. I pray that we will realize the amazing relationship that you want with each and every single one of us. That you love us. You just don't want us to be part of a building. You just don't want us to be part of a community, uh, just something on social media. You want us to be part of a growing relationship. First of all, with you, that you love us. God, there's some people today that you want to speak to. And you're just waiting for them to listen. God, I pray that you would call us and draw us near, like your Bible says. Draw us near, that we would hear from you. Speak to somebody watching today. Speak to them on areas of their life. Speak to them on their family. Speak to them on how you want to work in, in and through their life. And then the responsibility that we have, God. That there's people lost right now. We're watching and we're connected. And, and we want to talk to you each and every single day. But we realize there's people out there that are lost. That are being harassed and are helpless. God, that we would have compassion on them. And we pray that you would send laborers out into your field. Your field is this world, and you love the world. God, we realize that this world is divided and getting more divided each and every single day. We realize that right now we're living in times of turmoil. It's been hard, it's been heavy, but God, we pray that we would continue to be workers in your garden, that we would understand the responsibility you've given us. God, that our life would develop much fruit as we abide in the true vine. Abide in you as you abide in us, that we would be branches that give much fruit as we love and show mercy and grace to the world around us. That they would realize that a relationship with you is the best thing in the world. Help us, God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen and amen. Hey, we love you, church. Thank you so much for joining in today. Come on. We are stronger together. I really believe that with all my heart. We love you. We pray that you'll stay connected this week. Got a lot of things happening, uh, even midweek. We, we got a special service Wednesday night, so make sure you're tuning in. We love you so much, and we can't wait to see you soon. Have the best week yet. We love you. Take care, church. Come on, let's give everybody a big hand, church. Come on, let's give everybody a big hand, church. Come on, let's give everybody a big hand, church. Come on.